Fewer Americans are believing in God. Why? Hi, and welcome to Answers News for July 4th, 2022. July 4th, that rings a bell. Hi, I'm Ken Ham, CEO <laughs> and founder of Answers Genesis Creation Museum in the Ark Encounter, and Dr. Georgia Pernham and Bodie Hodges, supervisor for this session. Yeah, all right. <laughs> That's right. Well, happy Independence Day. So hope that you're enjoying um, today. And we're going to start off by talking about what Bodie just said. Survey shows fewer Americans believe in God than ever before. And so this is a Gallup poll that showed that only about 81% of Americans say they believe in God. And that's the lowest amount since 1944. But when they say 81% believe in God, they don't say which God. Right. And and see, that that makes you wonder sometimes, because, you know, you could have people saying the Muslim God or, you know, a pagan God of some sort. Or the universe is God. Or the universe being God, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have to be careful about some of that as well. But they do say here, the vast majority of Americans believe in God, whether that means they believe a higher power, hears prayers, can intervene or not. But, you know, the fact that they believe in some sort of God doesn't mean that that means they're going to be Christian or anything like that. Correct. Right. Well, it even said that 42% of that 81% say that they believe that God hears their prayers and can intervene on a person's behalf. So only about half of them actually believe more in what we would probably consider the God of the Bible. I mean, at least a personal God um, that can do something and that is capable of intervening. And I know we, we, we don't deal with politics much. Uh, on this program, we we don't really deal with politics. We try not we, to. Although we do judge politicians' worldview yeah. against the Bible, so I'm quoting the article here. This is okay. not me. Okay, you qualify. Uh, the survey found that liberals and Democrats saw the biggest drop in belief in God, which is very very interesting. Yeah. So, according to the new poll, 72% of Democrats believe in God compared to 92% of Republicans. But again, we don't know what they mean by God well, anyway. But, yeah, right. but you do see that reflected in the platforms of the many politicians, right? Yeah, and many so, times you do, yeah. Yeah, so some of them are aligned with Scripture and some of them are not, very clearly. So I would say not. most of them are not and some right. are aligned with Scripture. Right. Yeah. And, and really, yeah. the, it's the next generation and the next generation. Those are the ones that you're really seeing those significant drops. And I would suggest one of the reasons for why this is the case is a lot of our next generation has not been taught the truth of God and his word. They're not taught the authority of scripture. Instead, they're taught a false religion, a religion that says everything came from nothing, which is Big Bang. You just evolved from an animal. Ultimately, you're just nothing but chemicals. And that affects their worldview. It affects the way they look at God. It affects the way they look at the Bible. And, you know, this is consistent with the stats we see on Generation Z and the millennials. Mm -hmm. Did you know back in the 1700s, do you know how many people went to a church in America? It was upwards of 80% of the population. Now, when you look at Generation Z and millennials, the last church attendance statistics from last year, GSS Data Explorer, Mm -hmm. less than 9% of Generation Z and millennials attend church. So we're seeing a complete generational loss. And you know what's interesting? In, In history, did you know Abraham Lincoln... Ronald Reagan, we're all saying it only takes one generation and you see catastrophic change. Yeah. One generation. And I think that, you know, the newer generation, so to speak, they're not, they're seeing that the church really isn't that different from culture at large or society at large. They're not getting the answers to the questions they're asking. And so that's, again, one of the things that we really emphasize here at Answers in Genesis is really giving, giving that next generation those answers based on God's word and then showing how science um, confirms that. And so we want to, be, we have answers. We just need to be 
able, again, equipping and educating these children to have those answers. Yeah, the, the, there's one statement here I was just going to mention. Uh, it talks about the fact um, that those without college degrees were more likely to believe in God. You know what that really makes sense of? The fact that a lot of these young people go to secular colleges and compromising Christian colleges, but most of them go to secular colleges where they're totally brainwashed they are, right. um, that with a secular humanist worldview, right. and so they walk away totally from, from yeah. the yeah. things of God. Well, you know, this was a Gallup poll. Uh, in our past, we've actually worked with America's Research Group. Uh, with a, it was a good friend of ours, uh, Britt Beamer, who uh, passed recently, and our hearts uh, go out uh, uh, to his family. But uh, Britt Beamer did a lot of uh, original market research, and I worked with you, actually, to, to do up some books. Um, yes, yeah, so some people might have heard of the book Already Gone, mm-hmm. uh, which um, I co-authored with Britt Beamer, and he, it was his behavioral research firm that did the research to yeah. show why young people are leaving the church, and it had to do with the fact they're not being taught answers, as right. you said, right. uh, Georgia. And, uh, well, one of the so things that surprised me is how early they were having their doubts. Yeah. Right. And, right. yeah. Middle that, school. Grade school. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even at the end of elementary school, mm-hmm. uh, they were starting to doubt. So, yeah, um, yeah our friend Britt Beamer just passed away just recently. Yeah. And uh, he was involved in some of the research uh, that we've had with Ready to Return, which picks up uh, research from Already Gone. So now we have three generations of that research. And uh, they also worked with Brett Beamer on a book called Already Compromised. It looked at Christian colleges and uh, said, hey, you know, the president, vice president, head of theology, head of science, um, what do they believe? Do they believe what the Bible actually teaches in Genesis? For example, the the results are actually shocking. Um, So So, so, great loss in that sense. Yeah. So, yeah. Bodhi, um, if I asked you a question, right, uh, huh? what would you think of this <laughs> How do I question? answer that? <laughs> Here's my question. Okay. Um, are you pregnant? In a, not applicable. Yeah, could that be... <laughs> I, I don't know. Okay, so here's the headline. 66-year-old okay. British man turned away from donating blood over refusal to say he isn't pregnant. So this man has been giving blood for many, many years now, right? Trying to help people out. That's a really good thing to do. Yep. And when he went to go get blood this time, they asked if he was pregnant. And he's kind of like, of really? course. Why would I even answer that question, right? I'm a male. But again, because he won't answer it, he can't give blood. Because what they're saying is there are those who are female who say they're male and they say they need to know for sure that they're not pregnant. Otherwise, they can't give blood. Right. They've stopped using the word female in there. Uh-huh. And so they've yeah, got they to figure out other ways. They, they don't ask you whether you're male or female. I mean, the whole thing has become mm-hmm. ludicrous. And, you know, they, he'd been given blood for years, so they knew he was a male. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe all those years they doubted. And this was, quote, they they say, for diversity, equity, and inclusivity. Did they include him or not? Well, and Mm. stupidity. I mean, I'm sorry. This is is just beyond, I mean, it's not scientific. That's the thing I always, I mean, you know, I'm a scientist. And, you know, when they ask somebody, you know, to define a woman and that person answers they can't. That just blows me away, right? Common, I mean, it is common knowledge how you define a woman. At least from a genetic standpoint, we can define that. You've got two X chromosomes. Guys don't. Hey, hey, wait wait a minute. Just recently, there was someone interviewed for a Supreme Court position, I think, was 
couldn't define what a woman is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then a lot of the politicians jumped on board and said how, you know, you can't define what a woman is. Suddenly, when Roe versus Wade gets overturned, we hear all these liberal politicians talking about women. So and I even Kamala Harris. Harris. People know what Didn't a woman Kamala is. Harris say, I'm a woman, my mother was, was a woman, woman. her mother was a woman. was a woman. She was on TV saying that recently, and yet just a few weeks ago, they couldn't, she couldn't define, define what a woman was. Uh, that, that's what's amazed me, honestly, with the whole Roe v. Wade thing. The inconsistencies, thing. yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're not saying pregnant people, you know, or whatever. Um, but if you're you're going to see this in America. We're going to be, when we go to the doctor, they're going to have a form that's going to say, are you pregnant? If you don't answer it, they, they won't treat but you. This shows they're more about virtue signaling than they are about caring about people. Because these people are not getting blood now because they won't let these people donate because they won't answer their stupid question. I mean, mm-hmm. I just, again, it just mo- it blows your mind. Well, I mean, if they can't define... I like define, your, ab- I like your adjective define, there, stupid question. If they can't define male, female, <laughs> how, how do you even know what pregnant means then? I mean, why not redefine that? I don't have all the men say, sure. I don't know what that means. I mean, I like ice cream. Maybe that's the way they define it. Yeah. Are you pregnant? Yeah, I like ice cream. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> all of a sudden, it's all meaningless. Words become useless. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing. Maybe if I get asked that question, I'm going to answer it. Yeah, I like ice cream. I like ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) I do. Now you got me hungry. You know, when my wife was pregnant, she did crave ice cream. Maybe I shouldn't say ice cream. Oh, my wife used to crave apples. Apples. Yeah, I I was sound asleep and I heard... (laughs) Then I knew, oh. That explains why your grandkids love apples. Okay. Is anyone surprised that this new study shows easier access to trans drugs for kids raises suicide risk? So a study was done by the Heritage Foundation, which is a conservative think tank, and they found that um, the suicide rate among those um, children ages 12 and then to 23, so including some young adults, has become significantly higher in states that have a provision that allows minors basically to receive routine health care without parental consent. Yeah, but you know what? Here we come again with yeah. words are meaningless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is health care? Because yeah. you have those who claim that abortion is health care. So they didn't use the word abortion. Mm-hmm. They, they talk about it being health care or reproductive health. And here they're talking about health care for minors. Yeah, what do they mean? They mean trying to convince a male to become a female or a female to become a right. male. Male and female are no longer definable, but even child. I mean, here they're treating children as adults. Right. Even though they're acknowledging them as minors, they're treating them like adults. See, they're not even defining error protecting children. And the sad thing is, the sad thing is, now we see these elevated suicide rates mm-hmm. uh, in children. I've, I've read some horrible things recently about some of these people at young age were forced, in a sense, they, they were, were told they needed to change their gender uh, and and then they they realized catastrophic how, what, how catastrophic mm-hmm. it was for them and their bodies, yeah. and then you see the the suicide rates go up. Yeah, yeah, it's part of the war on children as well as the war on women. Really, it really you know, is. We're seeing. 
And, and yeah. I always say, you know, with all of this, you know, offering these children these surgeries and cross-sex hormones and things like that, it what really, is. it is child abuse. I mean, this is child abuse and medical experimentation on children that we have, ne- like we have never seen before. And, um, and we're starting to see, obviously, the outcomes of that. I think we'll continue to see the outcomes of that. Sadly, I can see five, maybe 10 years at the most, these children are going to be adults, right? And they're going to say, what were you thinking? Why did you let me I, do I can't that? even cross well, the street, already saying that. right, without permission or, or help. Mm-hmm. But yet you let me choose my gender? What were you thinking? Exactly. I mean, I, we're going to see that. We're definitely going to see that. Seriously, in this article, because exactly. you'll hear people like our own government and government leaders talking about gender-affirming health care. Mm-hmm. And in this article, the writer says, they mean literally the opposite. Yeah. Forsaking your biological sex, affirming something you aren't, and destroying your health. Right. That's what gender-affirming health care really is. And a lot of this is going against the parents, so it's an oh, attack yes. on parental yeah. rights. Um, you know, yeah. we're, we're seeing, I mean, there's just so many attacks and these, these little things that are, are going on with our children, left, right, and center. And, you know, are, are we to just expect the kids to be experts in this, to know to make the right decision? No, we should be helping guide them through it. Yeah, parents so. need to be parents. Well, <laughs> You need to stand up for your but, children. But what Paul says in the Bible, when I was a child, I thought as a child. Um, but now, when they're no longer a child, but when, you know, as a child, they, they do childish things. We, right. Children need to be trained. Children are not miniature adults. Mm-hmm. Yep. If yeah. they can't vote and they can't drive a car and they can't decide when to go to bed at night, what makes anyone think they have they, they can make a good decision about changing their gender? I again, it's just that whole virtue signaling. That's what they care more about than they care. They don't care about these children. They just now, care about. Their and think agenda. about it, even just recently, and I'm not getting into the debate on guns or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, they're, they're wanting to make these laws that you have to be a certain age to be able to buy a gun. Yeah. And yet. They tell little children that you can you can change your gender by some horrible mutilation and other right. things that they do. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so you know, when we go back to the Bible, it's clear, right? Beginning in Genesis, God created the male and female, right? He designed us how he wants us to be. And we need to embrace that and embrace who we are instead of trying to deny it. And let me just say this. We also need to help our children understand even science confirms that because, you know, humans have 23 pairs of chromosomes and males have a pair of sex chromosomes, X and Y, and females have a pair of sex chromosomes, X and X. But even when the world out there says, oh, yes, but there's exceptions and so on, there's such a minute percentage of what they call it exceptions but it's because we live in a fallen world because sin has caused problems and so they're copying mistakes that not just in sex chromosomes but others as well but that doesn't negate the created order right so okay martian meteorite upsets planet formation theory okay so this is our weekly weekly installment of oh look it's changed again okay what what the evolutionists believe, this case, cosmological evolution. So it has to do with their thinking about um, meteorites and planet formation and how all that happened. Actually, um, it says here, a new study of an old meteorite contradicts current thinking. This happens almost on a daily basis, there are articles like this, Mm -hmm. where what they were taught as fact at school or whatever is being changed or thrown out. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny, as I, I was going through this paper, I've written story, 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 story. Oh, one part of their story just changed. Story, story. Yeah. you got to understand, in the secular worldview, 
they just come up with a story for where planets came from. It's, it's almost like Greek mythology or, or Roman mythology. Well, why is Mars out there? Well, here, let's come up with a nebular hypothesis. Well, they immediately stop with their evolutionary story. Billions of years ago. What mm-hmm. happened billions of years ago? This is what we think happened. And we think Mars would have formed this way and meteorites would have had this and right. this would have happened and that would have happened. And now when we look at this, right. oh, it's opposite of what we thought we'd find and... <laughs> Therefore, what we used to believe is not true, and our current story, right. well, that's probably not but true either. But they don't either. just want to throw it out. They just want to kind of change up a few things and just keep it. Right. Well, that's but, what exactly what they're doing in here. They're just mm-hmm. saying, well, it's the opposite of what we thought, so obviously we just need to investigate this more. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to just come up with another, right, evolutionary idea to explain this. They're not going to abandon it. They're just going to try to you know make the, it fit what they mm-hmm. think. In other words, they write this whole article on Martian meteorites and planet formation, Mm -hmm. and at the end of the article, you realize the whole thing's fiction, and they don't know what they believe, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they're they're not sure they're right about anything, but they wrote a whole article on it. Why do we spend time on that? That's five minutes of our life we're not going to get back. Right, it's a worldview issue. So they were even talking in here, one of the gases that that they're trying to study here and search for is Krypton. I thought, oh, okay. (laughs) <laughs> now you're starting to get to the fiction I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with. You know, this is a gas. Now, if it was a solid, would it be kryptonite? Yeah, I know. See, I know. I go. read that, and I thought, thought of Superman. <laughs> so uh, I thought, okay. And that's fiction. More that's stories. Fiction. <laughs> so, and that's fiction. That's right. Okay, that's ladies right. and gentlemen, I have an announcement to make. Dr. Georgia Purdom is a scientist, PhD scientist. You know what they're like. They tend to be boring and not very exciting. But I'm going to tell you, she's going to get excited. I'm geeking out over this article. Oh, this all right, geeking science out. Every one of you is okay. going to geek out over it. Once you hear all this stuff about stuff you don't understand, you're going to get know. excited. No, you're- I'll explain it. All right, most silent genetic mutations are harmful, not neutral, a finding with broad implications. Okay, so What's let me... What's a genetic ex- mutation? Yeah. yeah. What is it? A genetic mutation. It's a change in the DNA. So... In our DNA, in the part that codes for genes, which is the information on how to make proteins that make us, right? So there's two types, there's two basic categories of mutations. So it's what we call synonymous mutations and non-synonymous mutations, okay? So synonymous, just like it sounds, if you get that change, that mutation in the DNA, it still codes for the same amino acid, which are the building blocks of your protein. So it still codes for the same amino acid. Non-synonymous means it doesn't code for the same amino acid. So everyone always thought that if it's a non-synonymous, non-synonymous mutation, that's where you're going to run into trouble because you're going to change the amino acid, you're going to change the protein, and that's going to lead to deleterious effects, right? But if it's the same, you'll be fine. Now, I, for one, never believe that because when we look at DNA, there's literally layer upon layer upon layer of information. In other words, these, these parts of DNA aren't just coding for the protein. They're doing a lot of other things too. So you can't just go messing around with it and expect everything to be okay. And that's exactly what they found in this particular study. Mm-hmm. So they're not the, just neutral. I missed the bit after genetic. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever. So yeah. in other words, you're getting excited over the fact that mutations are harmful. Well, I'm not. I mean, I'm sad that they're harmful, but it, it shows us that there's so much more right. complexity. Yeah, there really is. And isn't, isn't, but doesn't evolution sort of require all these mutations? 
Correct. And if they're all harmful, how could life ever advance and evolve? Right. And, and see, I, I was always taught that too, that, you know, the majority of the mutations out there are probably nearly neutral or silent. Come to find out, just a single point mutation, and it actually is bad. And what they found, what was it, about 70, 75%, 75% um, of synonymous mutations. Right. They're bad. They're, they're, they, they cause a massive problem. Massive problem. Now, I, I was always thinking, okay, well, there, there could be you know, others that have more long-term because what they're observing is here in the short term. Right. There may be things in the long term where that number could actually go up. I think that's a minimum number, conservative number. Because we know that every base in DNA, it's important. It's doing mm-hmm. something and it's important that it be a certain way. I have a whole talk called Design in DNA mm-hmm. um, and it's on DVD where I talk about some of these like hidden codes that are in there or even... Um, so fancy word, translational pausing codons, okay? So where it has to be a certain codon because as that protein's being formed, it needs to actually pause so it can fold correctly here before it goes on. So, so you can't, so yeah, it matters what, what that codon is, yeah. what that code is. So I love this. This just shows more design, more complexity mm-hmm. beyond what we could Beyond, again, evolution's ability to make to do this. So right. this study about genetic mutations mm-hmm. shows that evolution really can't be true. Well, right. yeah. It, it, well, yes. Why didn't you say that? Well, because I'm trying to explain why, all right? I don't want people to just... Uh, Can you tell she's right. a geneticist and get all excited well, about this stuff? This Can stuff. you tell? It's cool, though, right? I mean, yeah. it's just more... I mean, this is why I love being able to use my scientific expertise in yeah. ministry. I right? didn't know because, you used yeah. the word cool. Yeah, I can't. Only young people use so, the word cool. So years <laughs> ago... You, you, you know, you were excited, but you know what it says here about what? these authors? They mm. said, we were shocked. I know. They were shocked. They were and shocked. And you were excited. We weren't. We they were were That's the difference between a creationist and evolutionist. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, this is what we expected. This is like right. a confirmation like, of yeah, what we've of been course. teaching for a long time. In the New Answers book, Volume 2, uh, we have a chapter in there right. that uh, I did with the help of Dr. Mm-hmm. Georgia Purdom uh, on mutations. So if you want to find out a little bit more about mutations, we're talking about single-point mutations. There's inversions. There's a lot of types of mutations. It runs you through what those are and how those are actually problematic, uh, particularly in an evolutionary worldview. Yep. Now, we expect it. And yeah. sin, cursed, and broken world is oh, yeah. bad. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, yeah. the, the Bible gives us a framework to understand that. I don't know whether I want to even show this next one. Okay. Yeah, you got to. Ready? Uh, hey, women, a new woke term for you just dropped. All right. So as we said, as we've been saying, it's really a war on women and even the war on the term woman. And so now, instead of using the term woman or mother, you can see there a list of some of the terms that have been used to supplant um, that word woman. Except non, when you're talking about Roe v. Wade, then... A, non- all of a sudden prost- they know... <laughs> yeah. A non-prostrate owner. <sighs> Chest feeder. Really? Just, you just think it can't get any worse than then it does. Oh, it will. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it will. Let's we go continue. on. Human okay. feeding individual. This is how ludicrous... You know what? This right, is what happens when people yeah. abandon God. They do. Anything goes, and it's stupidity. The fool has said in his heart there is no God. They become foolish. I just want to thank all the men and women for showing up today. Yeah. Do you know what that that, um, article reminds me of? Romans 1. Professing to be wise, they became fools. I was just going to say that. Yep, yep, so true. All right, researchers discover most dinosaurs were warm-blooded. Okay. 
This has been a huge debate, right, Bodhi? For Back many and forth, years. or 20 years or more, yeah. Whether they're warm-blooded or cold-blooded. So they came up with a way, supposedly, to be able to somehow measure what, how these um, dinosaurs were breathing in the last hour of their life, and they can see the chemical results of that in their bones, and so that helps them determine whether they were cold-blooded or warm-blooded. So in other words, they didn't solve the debate. No. <laughs> they didn't. Um, you know, as I read this article, though, uh, you know, a couple of things stuck out to me right away. Uh, it talks about the lizard-hipped dinosaurs, and they suggest, they, they say, such as the Triceratops and Stegosaur. Hold it. Those are not the lizard-hipped no. ones. Those are the bird hips. The, the way they define a dinosaur, you have one of two hip structures so that it raises the body off the ground. You have bird-hipped, not that they're necessarily exactly the same as a bird hip, and they have lizard hip. And they got them backwards here uh, later on. They said, oh. But here's the interesting thing. Evolutionists say yeah. dinosaurs evolved into birds, but it's the lizard-hipped ones that supposedly evolved supposedly into birds, evolved into not birds. the bird-hipped ones. Confusing. Right, which evolved. is what they try to use for evidence to support that dinosaurs and, and birds And in this article, they actually got it wrong in the yes. article. They got it the wrong way yeah. around anyway. Yeah, but they're going to try to say in this yeah. article that some... So this is where I find it really odd, is they're going to say, well, some of the dinosaurs, like Triceratops and Stegosaurus, were mm. cold-blooded, but some were warm-blooded. I'm really struggling with that because even today, like all mm -hmm. mammals are warm-blooded. All reptiles are cold-blooded. It doesn't typically... Well, you got to understand what they're trying to get to. You know, they, they have dinosaurs trying to change into birds, which birds right. are, are warm-blooded. Warm so they need, okay, they know reptiles were cold-blooded, so they need something in the middle. They're trying to put something in the that middle. So they've so. got some yeah. still being cold-blooded, some being warm-blooded. The line, they want to go to birds, they want to be warm-blooded. See, there's a, there's <laughs> yeah. a mindset to, there. To, to, for a creationist, would it really matter to us if they were warm-blooded or cold-blooded? It's just how, what their metabolism it, is. It's I what, mean, how the God created them, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. That's just how he, yeah, yeah. how he did it. But yeah. for evolutionists, they really want the warm-blooded because right. of mm -hmm. their whole idea that dinosaurs evolved in a bird. Because as many right. changes as would have to happen for a dinosaur mm -hmm. to evolve into a bird to completely change its metabolism like that would be really, really hard. And so yeah, it really would, yeah. especially going from yeah. one to the other. You know, most reptiles are cold-blooded. Um, and, you know, mm -hmm. when they're in a warm place like the tropics, obviously the metabolism's higher when they're at a place where it adjusts and gets colder. Yeah, of course it changes. So, uh, you know, we expect to see changes. We expect to right. see differences anyway, even if they were able to detect Although that Although if they were cold-blooded and they were trying to evolve into a bird, by flapping, they would probably warm themselves <laughs> up a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they, they're fanning themselves. It's like... Some yeah. of the churches I've been that, in, that's they what get I little think. What do you think, Georgia? They still I exist. You may not realize there are some churches still have that. <laughs> Again, but this stuff is... You young people don't know what I'm talking about. But you, <laughs> By the way, when you read these sort of articles, always look for these words. Paleontologists suggest right. it may Buzzing have... Words. They think the possibility of it. They it, don't really know. I mean, it's good that they're trying to figure these mm -hmm. things out. I'm not arguing we shouldn't try to figure out whether dinosaurs were warm or cold. That's a good thing. That's yep. a good scientific research thing. But again, it's that worldview that they're imposing on it to make it basically do what they want it to do. Mm -hmm. Did okay. you know at the Creation Museum in the Ark Encounter, we have a bouncer pass? I know we do. We have a three-day bouncer yeah. pass and an annual bouncer mm -hmm. pass. Do you know why we, where we got the word bouncer from? The kangaroos. The kangaroo. And you know why we did that? Why? Because I'm Australian. Well, okay. And kangaroos live in Australia. And we have kangaroos. Arthur. Kangaroos live in Australia. And just like you over here had a TV program called Bambi, right? Yeah. And, and you people eat Bambi. Okay. Yeah. In Australia, we had a TV program called Skippy. Skippy. Oh, and it was a little okay. kangaroo. 
That's why I could never and eat... And did you eat the kangaroos? No, you can't too. eat Skippy. <laughs> There's people uh, so, in Australia that eat a kangaroo. But, but you know, the th- our bouncer pass is a really good... Because mm-hmm. now people are finding they need to spend two days at the Creation Museum oh, yeah, with all means. the teaching that we have here. And we've got other things being added. And we're adding more things at the Ark. And they want to spend a, a couple of days okay. there as well and all the programming we have. But anyway, a bouncer, there's a three-day bouncer pass. gives you unlimited visits to the Ark, the Creation Museum over three days during a seven-day period. And then we have the annual one, which also includes free parking as well. And then you can come to 4040, which yep. is our 40 days of gospel music from... Uh, Good, I thought I was talking about rain there for a second. <laughs> well, it's based on 40... It comes from the Bible, you know, 40 days and 40 nights. So with your admission to the Ark or the Creation Museum, you get to see these concerts for free. And so that yep. starts uh, August the 10th. Is it, no, August the 2nd through September the 10th. Through September the 10th. Yeah, it's the biggest Christian music, gospel music festival in the world. Have 150 artists. There's 120 different concerts. And we'll have them here on Wednesdays, a concert right. on Wednesday, but every day... Uh, at the Ark for the 40 days and 40 nights. And so there are people that just get the annual pass and come and stay for a week or two or three or 40 days. Uh, (laughs) Then you can come back other times during the year. Come back October 8th and see the new Fearfully and Wonderfully Made exhibit when it opens. And uh, we're also going to be building a conservatorium here at the Creation Museum and four greenhouses out there and a new petting zoo and we'll be yeah. raising the plants of the Bible and lots of things happening. And our educational so. programs like Explore Days and Explore Junior, our labs that we have. So we always have a lot going on here throughout the year. In fact, we have so much going on that we're hiring <laughs> and, and we have a lot of, lot of places. We, we have... If, if you're just a, a student and you want to come and work for the summer, you can do that. Yeah. And if you're a retiree and you're bored and you want to move here for three months <laughs> yeah. uh, or the year or just move here, yeah. there are people moving here just to send their kids to sure. our Christian school because yeah. we have yeah. a unique uh, uh, d- discipleship biblical worldview Christian school. So. Yeah, 12 Stones Christian Academy. So yeah. check it out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Is. So we're out of time for today. So we'll see you back later. All right. God bless you guys.